Your Bible's here this morning. Turn to John. Yeah. You have any? Jackson? John chapter 3, and we'll look in verse 8. John chapter 3 and verse 8. We preached last Sunday morning on chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Uh, but I felt like there was more to say about verse 8. And so as we stand to our feet here this morning, and as we begin to read verse 8 of chapter 3 of John, my, what a, what a study it's been for me through the book of John. I know we're only in the third chapter, but it's helped me. It's, I've learned some things. I've been encouraged. I've been strengthened. Uh, it's been a help to my walk. It's brought some uh, fire back into me. It's given me some strength to go forth, to go on. I'd pray that the Word of God would do you that way as well. But here in chapter 3 and in verse 8, we'll read one verse and make mention of a few things and then move forward. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. But canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth, so is every one that is born of the Spirit. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Now, this is an important phrase. If any of us are ever going to be saved, we're going to have to be born of the Spirit. If anyone's ever going to enter into heaven, you've got to be born of the Spirit. This phrase is remarkable, but I believe it's misunderstood, and I believe it's not even preached. And I pray this morning, may it make it clear. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you this morning for the Word of God. I thank you for this conversation that Jesus and Nicodemus had. And I thank you, Lord, for the response that Jesus gave to Nicodemus, who was an unsaved believer. And yet today, dear God, it still holds with all of us. Jesus said you must be born again. And God, I pray this morning that we'd understand what that might mean. And God, it would be clear in our hearts, but not only that we may understand it, but we may know it in such a way that we tell others about it as well. Father, I believe this morning that our churches is lacking being born of the Spirit. I believe many homes today, dear God, have people who go to church and people who have a Bible, but they're not born of the Spirit. I believe there's preachers behind the pulpit today, Lord, who have made confessions of faith and, Lord, have changed their ways and yet not been born of the Spirit. I pray this morning, Lord, anyone and everyone in this room and hearing the preaching this morning, wherever they may be, God, that they may know without a shadow of a doubt, Lord, that they are born of the Spirit. Oh, God, help us this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. I want to preach this morning of a spiritless believer. A spiritless believer. And that was Nicodemus. 
Nicodemus was of that crowd in verse 23, in verse 24, in verse 25 of chapter 2. Uh, many believed in his name because they saw the miracles, uh, but Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. We find in verse 2 of chapter 3 that Nicodemus was one who said to Jesus, For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. He believed as they did. And Jesus said to him uh, there in verse 7, Marvel not that I said unto thee, You must be born again. And then Jesus said to him concerning being born again, What does that really mean? What does it really have to do with much of anything? And it has to do with everything. And so being born of the Spirit is a very and most important phrase of the Word of God this morning. If you and I are going to have to know God, if we're going to worship God, if we're going to walk after God, if we're going to fear God, as we heard this morning, you've got to be born of the Spirit. And anyone and everyone this morning that is uh, saved and, and a child of God and living for Christ this morning, the only reason why that you are doing that is because you've been born of the Spirit. No one born of the flesh this morning will come to church. No one born of the chair of the flesh this morning will serve God. They won't fear God. They won't believe in the Lord. They won't have any kind of testimony nor reputation representing the Lord. They'll be definitely unfaithful. They'll be definitely unscriptural. They'll be definitely unbiblical. And they'll live to the flesh. They'll live to the world. And they'll allow the, de the devil to control and rule their lives. Sin will will be a habit of their lives. Disobedience and rebellion will be part of their lives. They'll find themselves living for the pleasures and of the likings of this world. But those that are born of the Spirit have God. Now we find this morning that as we come to a very important passage, an important thought that Nicodemus in his heart is looking for Jesus. He's looking for salvation. He is seeking the kingdom of God. He is seeking how to get into the kingdom of God. He's seeking how to even see the kingdom of God. He is wanting to know with a true heart and a true mind, I want to know about this kingdom of God. And Jesus, knowing his heart, knowing his mind, and knowing his will, said to him, uh, marvel not that I say unto you that you must be born again. And then Jesus says, listen, Nicodemus, you got to be born of the Spirit. Now, if I would say that to you, and we did, and what if somebody would ask you this morning, what does it mean to be born of the Spirit? What would you say? The only way to heaven, by the way, the only way to have eternal life, the only way to see and even enter into the kingdom of God someday, one day, is being born of the Spirit. Can we explain that? Do we know what it means? Can I say to you that the majority of that is a mystery to us? Majority of us this morning could say, I know that 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 I am saved, I'm going to heaven, but I can't explain it. You can't explain it. And verse 8, you can't explain that verse. That verse 8 is way beyond our comprehension. Verse 8 is way beyond our human thinking and how we do things. That's why Nicodemus brought in the woman and the birth of a woman. 
Because he is the ruler of the Jews. He's one of the 70 of the Sanhedrins. He is the top 6,000 of the Pharisees of that day. He was just not somebody. He was the top of all of them. And Jesus says in a few verses later, man, you are the leader and the teacher of Israel and you know not this. And if this man who knows all the first five books of the Bible, and he is a scholar and a Bible-knowing knowledge of the world of that day, of that time in Judaism, and he is Jesus is speaking to him, and he's saying, I don't even know what that means. I don't know if any of us this morning could explain it at all. It's not that you don't experience it, but to explain it. And I'll show you what I mean in just a moment. I want you to notice, first of all, this morning, the person of salvation. We cannot ever lose who the person of salvation is. The person of salvation uh, this morning is not you. It's not me. The person of salvation is not something you and I this morning can say he or she The person of salvation is recognized in John chapter 1, verse 1. And so let's go back there because that's the beginning of this uh, book. And it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so we find that God the Father, which is God, is now the Word of God. And so we find that in chapter 1, verse 1. So who is God the Father? God the Father is the Word of God. Now, being the Word of God, it gives us two things, if not three things, that we can now understand, and I'll bring it to our enlightenment in just a moment of the importance of it. Now, we preached on it in the past, but we want to bring light to it. Uh, The second thing that he says in verse 3, concerning about the Word being God, he says, all things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. So He's the Creator, this God the Father, who's the Word of God, is the Creator now. And so all things, it says, uh, that all things that were made, that was made by Him. And so we got to know that there be no creation of any type, of any kind, outside of God the Father, the Word of God. No creation anywhere. Uh, the creation of, of a baby, a creation of the world, a creation of a leaf, a creation of you, a creation of being born again. The Bible says that we have been created in Christ Jesus. There be no creation. The Bible says that we are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Amen. Does he not say that? Well, there be no creation outside of God the Father the Word. Because it says right there, there is nothing made that was made that he didn't make. And so we know right off the bat, the Father, uh, which is God the Father, is the Word of God. He's the creator. Number two, the Bible says that he is life. Look there in verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, what was so big about life now? I'll tell you what was so big about life. Because everything is dead. Everything is dead. Until the Word of God, until God the Father would become into that, would become part of that, it would all stay dead. So He is the life to deadness. If there's anything in all the world that has life, you can mark it down, it's God the Word. God the Word is life. 
and every person and everything and every animal and every fowl and every fish and all plants and all vegetations and trees and anything and everything that has breath, it is God that has given life. Amen. God the Word. Yes. Number two, or number three, he says that God is light because everything is darkness. All is darkness. All of us live in darkness. We have a world of darkness. The enemies of darkness. Uh, we are in the kingdom of darkness. And darkness is in us. Darkness is around us. Darkness is on us. And the only way that you and I can find our way out of darkness is through light. That's right. And God the Word is the light. Glory to so we find deadness. He's life. We find darkness, He's light. We find unbeing, un, uncreated, and we find creation. Yes. And all of this is the Word of God. We find now that the Word of God is the Son of God. Not only is God the Father the Word of God, but now we see that the Word of God is the Son of God in verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. And so now that Word of God, who is life and light and creator, has now become flesh, and that flesh is the Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And we can say assuredly this morning that the Word of God is the Son of God. Very clear, very plain. We also can say that the Son of God is the Spirit of God. The Son of God is the Spirit of God. The Bible says you must be born of the Spirit. Born of the Spirit. Now turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter 1 with me. As John chapter 1 spoke of the beginning. And let's go to the beginning. I'm going to try to, to just for just a minute though. Then we'll move forward. Uh, to show, to see uh, the, the very uh, importance of the creation of the world. And the creation of being born of the Spirit. We find in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning God. That's God the Father. That's God the Word. That's God the Son. And that's God the Spirit. God created in the, the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. That means there was dead. There was deadness. And so our earth, as we look outside just a moment, and we drive out away from the church, and we see all the, the beauty of trees and grass, and right now it's dead and wilting, but uh, it'll come back, amen? But if you look at the world and all of its creations today, we can say at one time, everything that we see was without form and void. Everything was dead. And the Bible says in verse 2, and darkness... So everything was dead and everything was dark. Now what was it that brought forth the, out of dead life and what brought forth out of darkness light? Well, we see there in verse uh, 3, or verse two, verse 2, it says, And darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now without the moving of the Spirit of God, there would have been no light from the darkness. There had been no life in the deadness. Right. 
Without the Spirit of God moving across, there would have been no creation of creation. Everything would have stayed dead and dark. And but because of the Spirit of God, you must be born of the Spirit. Without being born of the Spirit, you're still dead. And you're still dark. Amen. And you're uncreated. You're just like you were born first. And so we find in the Scripture as it was uh, presented to us this morning and as we see in verse 3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. So how in the world did something that was in creation that was so dead and so dark and so uncreated, how did it come to pass? It came to pass like this. It was the Spirit of God that brought life, amen, to deadness. It's the Spirit of God that brought light into darkness. It was the Word of God that God God spoke and it came alive. Yeah. Do you know how you're going to be born again? By born of the Spirit. You know how that's going to work in your life? You're going to be dead and you're going to be dark and you're going to be uncreated. But when the Word of God, the Spirit of God, which is the Son of God, and He moves upon you, and when He moves upon you, you come out of darkness unto light, and you come out of, of being, uh, being dead unto life, and you become a new creature in Christ Jesus, born of the Spirit. Hallelujah. As it was in creation, it will be in the creation of your salvation. Right. The question is not, did you pray a prayer? The question is, did you not get baptized? The question is, did you not join the Baptist church? The question is, did you become a, a good humanitarian? The question is, are you good to your brother, to your sister, to your friend? And the question is, anything and everything about you? I wonder, friend, let me ask you one more question before we move on. Uh, the void and the dark and the, uh, the, those that were dead and things that were void. Do you hear the earth calling out saying, Hey God, bring light. Do y'all hear that? The earth had no ability. The earth had no decision. The earth had no uh, uh, dictate. It had no dependency. It had anything. It was just dead. It was dark. It was uncreated. But it took the Word of God, the Spirit of God, to bring forth light and bring forth life and creation so they could come forth. And that's you and I this morning. We make no decisions in this salvation. It, we don't demand this salvation. It's as it is in the beginning until the Word of God, until the Spirit of God, we cannot find getting born of the Spirit. Until that moves, until that is spoken into existence in our lives, none of us can be saved. Amen? All right, just kind of giving a little introduction. We find this morning, uh, back into John chapter 3, as he is speaking to John concerning his soul, concerning about the kingdom of God, uh, we find that he says uh, in verse 6, he says, man, is, man born of flesh is dead spiritually. In John chapter 3 and verse, and verse 3, or verse 6, he says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And we got to understand that this morning. That which is of the flesh is flesh. You're born spiritually. 
Now, if you were here Wednesday night uh, in the fellowship hall, because I don't know, we had the devil in the AC. Uh, it wouldn't come on. It didn't come on. Both of them were down. It was the craziest thing I ever showed up. We asked Lucas to come. As soon as he puts his foot on the ground, they start working. Now, how, how much power is that? Amen? Thank you, Lucas. I appreciate it. But here we find that everyone that, that Jesus is telling to Nicodemus, he said, Nicodemus, your flesh, flesh is dead, flesh is dark, uh, flesh is uncreated. Uh, it's only been born of a woman. Jesus said, you must be born again, so you're in trouble, fella. I mean, because there's some things that you're going to have to come through and come for, and you can't have anything to do with it. So I just say to you that flesh is flesh, meaning Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in sins and trespasses. Every single one of us is born. Flesh is just flesh. That means we're in sin, we're in trespasses, we're in darkness, and we're in deadness. There's no relationship with God with any of those kind of people. There is no fellowship with God and there's no worship of God. Anyone who's dead, dead people don't worship God. Dark people don't have relationship with God. I'm just saying, uncreated people don't have fellowship with God. It's just the way it is. And he's saying to him, flesh is flesh, and that's the way it is. Okay, well, fine, Jesus, if you say it that way. Now, as he born of flesh is dead spiritually, but born of the Spirit is alive spiritually. We says that in verse 6. He said that which, is, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And so we find as he's talking to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, the only way that you're going to come alive spiritually is because of a born again experience of being born of the Spirit. Now look at John chapter 5. In verse 24, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation. But look at this the last phrase. But it's passed from death unto life. Amen. Now how do you think this morning you could come out of your deadness unto life? By praying a prayer? By believing of his miracles? Do you think this morning uh, that there's anything that's within you, anything that you have with the capabilities and the power and the authority to come out of your deadness and your darkness and your uncreatedness unto God this morning? Listen, friend, you can come from death unto life, but it's going to take a born of the Spirit to bring you from death unto life. There's only one agent and one power that brings life. And Jesus said, I am life and the resurrection. Jesus said, I am the the life. I am the one who will bring forth eternal life. I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Uh, Jesus said, uh, the Bible says in 1 John 5, if any he that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. I'm just saying all through the Scripture we find that the Son of God, the person of salvation, is what's going to bring you from death unto life. He's the Word of God. Amen. And He's the Spirit of God. We find this morning uh, in that this very much thought about being alive, 
uh, we, we see it very clearly. Uh, hold your Bible there. We read it on Wednesday night, but I'm going to read it to you again this, this, this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 22, it says, For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all me be made alive. So that means all of us that are in Adam, we're dead. Or you wouldn't say that Christ was the one who made alive. All of us in Adam are in darkness. All of us in Adam are in uncreatedness. We find this morning that it's in Christ shall be made alive. And what's wrong with this salvation that's being presented to us this morning all through the pulpits of America and all through the world of the country is this. Salvation is just something on your behalf of repentance and faith. And it's all about what you do, when you do it, and how you do it, and, uh, and why you do it. And so salvation, God's like got His hands tied. He's got His hands behind His back saying, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. I can't do anything because, see, you're in the driver's seat. You're the, you're the pilot of this airplane. And so God says, you know what? Until you do something, I can't do nothing. Right. Does that sound like God to you? Does that sound like God who created the world in Genesis chapter 1? He's waiting on the earth. He's waiting on the, the without void and farm. I mean, he's up there. God says, well, I don't know. I, I'm waiting on somebody to do something. Uh, no, that's not our God this morning. Our God's not waiting on you, friend. If whenever the blowing of the wind comes your way, whenever the breath of God enters into your path, whenever the Spirit of God comes down your pipe, you'll find, friend, that you'll turn and repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen. That's right. God's not waiting on you. You're waiting on God. And friend, we find this morning as we see that this alive, you've got to come alive. Alive. You might have prayed. You might have been dunked. You might have joined. But friend, is there life? Is there life in you? I mean, whenever you got saved and really born again, did you find this life of God exploding in your heart, in your mind, and your life of, of light and life of creation? And friend, it's just something that's never stopped. It's never quit. It's never ceased. I got life. It just seems like it keeps on keeping on. I've been saved for 35 years. It's still keeping on in my heart. How about you today? Friend, I'm telling you, are you alive? And I know we always think alive as being moral. And that's another discrepancy, another dis, dis, dis flat-out lie that if you're going to be moral, you can be saved. For moral people are saved. But you know morality don't have anything to do with it? You say, well, you know, if I will not only be moral, but I will be integrity. That's a big word. You can have all the integrity you want. How about character? Oh, man, listen, I'm a man of character. I'm a woman of character. I got this, I got that, and I do this. But the bottom line is this. Are you born of the Spirit? Are you alive? Amen. 
Is there a fountain within you like a water that's just flowing forth and flowing out? And it's like a light that's showing forth. I know I got cracks in me. I know I got all kinds of rips in me. I know I got all this. But does people see the light in my cracks? Life. Life. Do you have life? We find this morning... I want you to notice how all this may work. Number one, I want you to notice in John chapter 5 and verse 24, uh, it, it says it very clearly and plainly. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word. Now remember now my word. Who's the word? The Spirit of God. The Father. Well, who are they? That's life. That's light. That's the Creator. Hey man, whenever you can come to the place and you hear God's word, and this kind of tells you if you really have life in you. If you don't come back tonight and I'm preaching the word of God, which is life and light and creation and the word of God and the word of God that brings faith and the word of God, friend, this morning that will bring more light and life into you and you don't have no need, you don't have no desire, you have other things more important like mowing the grass or pulling the weeds or, or going to see a friend or maybe watching the TV or basketball, football or whatever it is but just down deep in your heart you just ain't got that great desire and that great troubling in my soul I need more of God's word friend I'm telling you today you're not alive but we find that when you hear the word of God and that word of God being the life giver the word of God being the light giver the Word of God being the Creator. The Word of God being that one that can bring you to being born again. Friend, the Bible says if you hear my Word, uh, I tell you it's very clear. Turn to Ephesians chapter 1 with me. Ephesians chapter 1. Look at verse 13. The Bible says, In whom also you also trusted after that you heard the Word of truth. So how do I get born of the Spirit? Buddy, you're going to have to come under the Spirit. You've got to come under the Spirit. That Word of God and the Spirit of God, which is equal, you've got to come under it. It's got to come after they heard. Then they can trust. Look at Acts chapter 10 with me. And look in verse 44. Acts chapter 10, verse 44. It says, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. There be no Holy Ghost falling. Let's say here. And boy, they heard. And when they heard, uh, there was a falling upon them. Back in John chapter 5, I noticed not only is to hear the word of God, but I noticed the believing on the Son of God. He says in John chapter 5 verse 24, Believeth on him that sent me. Now, who sent him? God the Word. Who did he send? God the Word. <laughs> God sent God. That's what happened. You say, well, God the Father sent God the Son. Oh, that's true. That is true in the way of words. But what is more true than that is God sent God. And we find you got to believe in God. We find that you believe on the Son of God. In John chapter 1, verse 2, or verse 12, this is not new. 
We've been told this before. It says in verse 12, but as many as received him, uh, that's the word, uh, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. Uh, that's the creation. Uh, that's becoming something you're not. That's the one who has brought forth the light. He has brought in life and made creation here. Then he goes on to say, in verse 12, even to them that believe on his name, which were not born of the blood, of the will of the flesh, or the will of men, but of God. We find that this believing on the Son of God, the hearing the Word of God, and then we notice the life of the Spirit of God. We've seen that in John chapter 1 and verse 13, born of God. That word born of God means regeneration. Let me just get this clear for us. If any of us are ever going to see or enter into the kingdom of God, we've got to understand and know that none of us can be saved. None of us. You know, why? why? Why can't we be saved, Brother Larry? Because we're dead spiritually, and we're in darkness, and we've got to be created. That can be born of the Spirit. So all of us have no hope. All of us. The only hope that we have is that you and I come under the preaching of the Word of God. Amen. Now, when the preaching of the Word of God, which is the Spirit of God, because the Spirit of God is the author of the Word of God. You can't separate the two. The Spirit of God is the Word of God. The Word of God is the Spirit of God. And we find that they are coming forth by the Word of God. And as the Spirit of God and the Word of God begins to work on a dead, dark, unsaved soul. Let's put it like that. The word faith means persuaded. Did you know that? The word believe in there, you studied up, looking in the Greek, you'll find it means persuaded. So, if I'm unsaved, and we all are, and I'm going about my life, and somebody asks me to come to church, I come to church, I hear the preaching of God's Word, the Gospel, the Spirit of God and the Word of God begins to, let's use the word work. And next thing you know, the Word of God and the Spirit of God is persuading me. Not the preacher. The Word of God and the Spirit of God is persuading me. And now because I was dark and now because I was in deadness and there is a persuasion that's coming upon me by the Spirit of God and the Word of God as He becomes the light of darkness and he becomes the life of deadness now I can receive and believe and put my trust in Jesus Amen. being born again so who gave you the faith to believe? Well, if you look in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, For then by faith comes by hearing, right? But then it says this, and the next verse is very important. Hearing, brother, how can I hear? Because I'm dead and I'm, I'm dark. I don't have ears to hear. But the Word of God and the Spirit of God is going to begin to work on you. Sure. The Bible says that the hearing of the Word of God is what's going to make you hear. The Word of God gives you the ability and capability to hear. That's what it says. For then by faith, because by hearing and hearing, hearing the Spirit of God and the Word of God by the Word of God. Correct. So it's the Word of God 
that persuades me to have faith in Jesus Christ who died on this cross for my sins as the atonement. And so now God's given me that faith. And then at the same time, God has given me that repentance. He's granted repentance in my heart. And that all other gods that I believe I turn from and all other sin that I've committed I lay down and I turn my life and I turn my heart unto the Spirit and unto the Word as they persuade me. And then when the Spirit of God and the Word of God finishes with me, I became born of the Spirit. Amen. That's it. I'm saved. It happens just like that. But you don't come in here thinking that you're going to get saved whenever you want to be saved. It don't work like that. He's talking about in that verse 8, and he says this. He says that the wind bloweth where it listeth. You know what that means? That means you cannot believe or repent. And you can't come out of darkness nor deadness. And you can't be born of the Spirit. That's a new creation. Unless, friend, there is the blowing of the Spirit. Amen. Did you know that? And he says, it, it bloweth where it listeth. In other words, that word, that word wind means breath. It means spirit. The same Greek word for all three. Wind, spirit, and breath. Okay? So it, it goes where it wants to go. In other words, it's independent. Right. You can't tell the Spirit of God to come this morning. He may not even be here. Right. You can't demand Him tonight to show up at 6 o'clock. You, you, you can't control Him. He's uncontrollable. Right. I mean, He's the Spirit of God. He's the Word of God. He goes where He wants. He goes when He wants. He goes why He wants. And friend, if He decides not to show up this morning, then there will be nobody saved. I don't care if there's 15 of us that make professions of faith this morning. I don't care how many come down here and pray a prayer and say, I want Jesus to come to my heart and save me. If the Spirit of God has not done the persuasion work, He's not took the deadness and made it life, He's not took the darkness and made it light, Fred, you're still, un you're still unsaved in your sins. Right. You've got to have the Spirit of God, but the Spirit of God comes and goes where He wants. Right. Number two, He says, and you can hear the sound of it. There's a hearing again. You can hear the sound of what? Of the Spirit. You can hear it, but you can't see it. You can't grab it. You, you can't cradle it in, the Spirit of God. The wind. Have y'all tried to do that out there out in the wind? That wind's blowing. You say, I'm going to take that wind home because I ain't got none at my house. The Spirit of God's just like that. The breath of God's just like that. So you're telling me, brother, I can't be saved unless the Spirit of God blows. That's what I'm saying. But I can't control it. I don't know if it's here. I don't know if it's at home. I don't, it might be in my car. I don't know. I, but then I can't even see it. My salvation, my eternal life, my kingdom come, my kingdom God, of going to the kingdom of God all depends and determines on the Spirit of God. Is that what you're telling me? That's exactly what I'm telling you. And he's independent, he's invisible, but he's in inexplainable. The next portion of verse 8, it says you can't tell where it goes, I mean where it comes from, and you can't tell where it ends. Now how is it this morning that, that when Brother Mark was preaching on October 30th, there was more people in that church than me that was unsaved. Why is it that when I, on that day when I got saved, I was the only one got saved that day? 
And there was other people who need to be saved that day too. You know why they didn't get saved? Because God didn't blow that way. Can you explain that to me? No. So when God blew my way on October 30th, and uh, I was convinced and persuaded that Jesus Christ was Lord and Savior, and I was a sorry sinner, and I was going to die and go to hell, and that conviction came upon my heart. I believed and trusted and repented of sin, and then Jesus Christ made me a born again. Amen. It was only because of the Spirit blowing that day. Why is it when Charles Spurgeon, I gave the, 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 the uh, illustration on Wednesday, why wasn't it that Charles Spurgeon had a father that was a preacher, a grandfather that was a preacher, and he heard from age of 1 to 16, he heard preaching, 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 preaching. One night, on Wednesday night, he was going to, going to go to church. He couldn't go to his own church. So he went to church right down the road, a little old Methodist church it was. And uh, he walks in, very little, very amount of people, because it's snowing. Everybody was snowed in. They say, well, even the preacher's not going to be here tonight. He's old in. And Charles Spurgeon just sat there on the pew. Some guy who was just a member of the church, he just got up. He said, the preacher's not here this morning or this evening. I'm just going to give you a little something by the Word of God. I, don't, I didn't plan for this. I didn't prepare for this. I'm not ready for this. I was thinking the preacher would be here today. That's like me not showing up tonight and having Brother Charles just come up here and just give us what God's given him. At the age of 16, Charles Spurgeon got saved. The wind blew. That little Methodist church on a Wednesday night when there are very few people there. From a preacher that wasn't even a preacher. Just a man. Not ready, not prepared, not prayed up, not any of that. Just did what he needed to do. Right. And God, through his spirit, why? Glory to God. Sinners in the hand of an angry God. Jonathan Edwards. Couldn't even see because he's blind, had the paper right before his face. On that day when he read it, there was hundreds holding on the back of the pew as if fire was burning their feet. As if they're going to fall into hell unless they got saved. One month before that, he read the same message. He didn't preach, he read because he couldn't see. He read that same message a month before. Nobody got saved, nobody got changed. But that day he did on that day when God blew, hundreds Matter of fact, the greatest revival they ever had was from that situation. Amen. Can you explain that to me today? I can't explain that to you. Why there's people in this room right here that's, that's not saved? you know who you are? You've never been born again? Why wouldn't you get saved today? That's right. I'm to tell you why you wouldn't. Because the Spirit of God would have to blow. Right. And He may not blow this morning on you. And He may not... Find his way down into your soul. Until he does, you can't get saved. Right. Let me show you a picture of this and I'll close. Turn to Ezekiel chapter 37. Only got to one page of my notes. But we'll move on. I knew that's going to happen. That was the person of salvation. There's the power of salvation I just told you about. Then there's the picture of salvation. Look at Ezekiel chapter 37 with me. Verse 1. Everybody knows the story. If you know anything, it's not a new story. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out into the spirit of the Lord. Set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. 
and caused me to pass by them around about, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy thou upon, uh, prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Then thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and I will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and I prophesied there was a noise, and behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, and the bone to his bone. And when they, I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and skin covered them above, and there was no breath in them. And then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son man of God, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds. O breathe breath upon these slain, for they, have, they may live. So I prophesied, and as he commanded, and the breath came into them, and they lived stood upon their feet an exceeding great army. And he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are like the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried. Our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves. O my people, and brought you up out of your graves and shall put my spirit in you and you shall live and I shall place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord has spoken it and proclaimed it, saith the Lord. Wow. So what does that mean to you and I this morning? Well, that means that's the picture of somebody who's been born of the Spirit. We find three things. I see death. In verse 1, full of bones. Verse 2, very dry. Verse 3, can these bones live? Meaning that these bones are dead. Verse 4, O ye dry bones. All four of those phrases represent death. And that's the way that we were. Death and sin and trespasses were in darkness. We're lost without God. Exactly how we were. Then I see God. Verse 3, he says, He said unto me, O son of man, can these bones live? And listen to what the Son of Man said. O Lord, thou knowest. In other words, to everybody that's dead this morning in our service, dead in your sins and dead in darkness and dead uh, in, with no life, who knows? Right. Only God knows. Right. right? Do we want you saved? Sure. Do, you want, do we want you born again? Sure. Do, you want, do we want you to have life in you? Yeah, we do. And we give our right arm. I mean, we pray and we come and we preach and I prepare and I pray. Ask God, God, save the dead, save the dark, save the uncreated, save those by the boring of the Spirit of God. But then we don't know. Only God knows. Even those that are dead this morning don't know. That's like you when you was born. How many of us this morning said, I want to be born on this day? You didn't have no choice in the matter. 
How about you say, hey, when I'm born, I want to have black hair and blue eyes. I want to be six foot two, and I want to weigh 125. I want to be stout. Did y'all have that choice? No, some of us come out, you know, weird looking. It's no, only God knows. All right, so look, I see God. I see God in that He only the one who knows about this life. I, I see God, He says in verse 4, hear the word of God. He says in verse 5, God gives breath to live. And verse 6 says, God reveals the effects of life uh, in, verse, in verse 6. In other words, I see God. If you are ever going to enter into the kingdom of God and ever be saved and born again, you got to be born of the Spirit, and it's going to take God. You don't see the bones out there in the graveyard. And the bones are yelling out saying, Save me! Make me laugh again. Do you see that? Do you see the bones out there saying, man, listen, if you give me that, if you take care of that, if you provide that, I tell you, I'll come back to life. Is there ability for the dead, dry bones to come back to life without God? No. Well, there's no ability with you coming out of the dead and dark without God. So I see death. I see God. And thirdly, I see life. And verse 7 and verse 8, I see restoration. And verse 9 and verse 10, I see regeneration. And verse 11 and verse 12, I see renewal. And verse 13 and verse 14, I see reconciliation. If you read those verses through 7 down to verse 14, you'll find that breath, wind, and spirit is what brought death to life. Jesus said to Nicodemus, I know you believe in me because you believe my miracles. And I know you believe that I come from God. And I know that you believe that I've been sent by God. But you must be born again. In other words, I've got to go back in my mother's womb? <laughs> no, no. You've got to be born of water. You've got to be born of the Spirit. What does that mean, Jesus? Flesh is flesh. Spirit is spirit. Marvel not, Nicodemus, that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. Amen. You must have the wind, the breath, and the Spirit of God right. to blow your way so that you might be persuaded of your deadness and darkness yes. that you can be created in Christ Jesus. Amen. But until that blowing of the Spirit of God because it bloweth where it listeth. You can't hear it thereof. It comes, it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit of God. Amen. The question is this morning, are you born of the Spirit? Have you been dead and dark, and now you're life and light? I've been created in Christ Jesus. The life of God is in me. 
And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. Amen. Hey, you say, okay, brother, uh, how do we know there's wind out there? Can you see it? No, but I see the trees move. How do I know if there's wind in you? I see the trees move. Right? We're going to know if the breath of God's in you. You'll know if the breath of God's in you. You'll know if the wind of God's in you. And you'll know if the very Spirit of God's in you. You know how we'll know it? By the effects. We'll see that it changes your dress. It changes your language. It changes your behavior. It changes your heart, your mind, your soul. It changes within you. It changes without you. You'll cut your hair. Uh, you'll shape it up. Uh, you'll get your mind straightened out. You'll begin to live for God. you begin to put away things that are ungodly. Your life will be the effects of life in you. But if you're still telling dirty jokes and you're still drinking wine and you're still cussing like a sailor and you're still wearing clothing that's revealing and you're still going about into the world and living as you do and going about in this life and all you want is money, money, money and your heart is about pleasure and about desire, friend, it don't reveal the life. That's right. So you're still dead, still dark. Have you been born of the Spirit this morning? As we stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. God performs, performs. Have you met God? God the Father, God the Spirit, God the Son. Have you met Him? Has the Spirit and the Word of God convinced and persuaded you? And now that you could put faith and repentance. Being born of the Spirit means that now you're alive. The Bible says all that in Adam die. Those that are in Christ shall be made alive. Thank you, Lord. I'm afraid. I'm afraid this morning that we're all trusting in our prayer. We're all trusting in our baptistry. We're all trusting in our morality. We're all trusting in other factors. And we're ignoring, are we alive? Are we alive? Do I have the life of God in me? Do I have that hunger and thirst? Do I have that desire? Do I want more of Him? The Spirit of God works on me and in me. Brings conviction upon my sin. When I don't live as God wants me to live and do as God wants me to do, He deals with me. Do you have the life of God in you? That's the question this morning. Do you have the life of God? You sing, Brother George. Will not tarry much. Does Jesus live in you? Does the Spirit of God live in you? Does God the Father live in you? Is your life indwelt by God? Is he controlling your life, your will, your heart, your mind? Is he the Lord? Have you been born again? You've been born of the Spirit. Have you been?
I don't want anybody here this morning to come before Jesus and you say to Jesus, Jesus, I've done mighty, mighty works in your, in your name. Jesus, we've cast out demons. and they, Jesus, we went to church. We read our Bibles. We gave our tithes. Jesus, we told others about Jesus. And Jesus would look at you and say, depart from me. You workers of iniquity, I never knew you. You must be born again. Born of the Spirit. Let's be dismissed. I ask Brother Cat, Brother, if you'd dismiss us here this morning, I would appreciate it.